Hey, this is Jerry Galloway. I'm the pastor of LHA Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages your heart, strengthens your faith, and gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. It's great to see you today. The Bible says, Psalm 122 and verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Friends, there's something about the house of the Lord you're not going to experience any other place in the world. There's something about being with other believers. You know, there's a lot of great places we go during the week, but none of them compare to being together with God's people in God's presence. There's something about being with God's people that, as Paula said earlier, brings a smile to your face. It's joy in the heart. It's life in your living. And I want to encourage you today. Friends, as you consider the weekend, I want to, I want to encourage you, don't let... Uh, you know, coming to church on the weekend, oh, but well, it's just one more thing I've got to get done. Let it be, as a psalmist said, I was glad when they said, it's Sunday morning. We get to go to the house, Lord. We get to be with other brothers and sisters, and we get to worship the Lord together. And I'm so thankful today to see each one of you. And for those of you who are visiting with us today, it's great to have you with us in the house of the Lord. It is our honor uh, to be your host today and have you with us in the presence of the Lord. And I want to encourage you, if you are visiting with us, be sure to stop by the Welcome Center out in the lobby. And they've got a special gift for you. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Looking forward to next weekend with all of the guys and fellas. If you haven't signed up yet to be a part of that day, I want to encourage you to do so very, very soon. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, if you'll take them out this morning, let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter number 13 together is where we're going to spend our time this morning. I've been looking forward to beginning this portion of our Love, Live, Lead series uh, throughout the entire time. This is a passage of scripture that for the last several years has been a very important part of my life and of my heart. And, you know, today as we continue that series, we've talked about the incredible life that God has for us to live in Christ Jesus. John chapter 10 and verse 10 tells us, I have come. Jesus said these words, I have come that they may have life and they may have it to the full. Actually, what Jesus is doing in that passage, he's making a pronouncement. And, and, and as I was in preparation for today, and you know, I had everything together and I sat back down and was looking over my notes before today, that, that, that portion just stood out to me. And, and when you read that passage in John 10 verse 10, he's making a pronouncement over your life. Actually, whew, man, this, this is such a powerful truth. I pray the Lord will reveal it to our hearts. Before you were even born, Jesus is prophesying these words over your life and for your life. He said, I have come that they may have life. Not just a heart beating, a body walking, motion going, but life that is vibrant, life that is full, life that is free, life that has joy, life that has peace, life that has liberty and freedom. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all about life. It's all about life. Jesus said, I've come to make that life. And as he prophetically is speaking over our lives, he spoke words of destiny for us. You cannot underestimate the power of the words that Jesus spoke 
that we find in this passage. Words of hope. Words of destiny, words of future, because the reality is he knew the world you and I live in today. He knew the troubles even ahead of time, the troubles, the difficulties we would face. And in the middle of all that, he said, I've come that you may have life. Jeremiah, through the power of the Holy Spirit, reiterated those words when he said to Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, this life that Jesus Christ has promised is a life that is full. It's a life that is free. It's a life that is abundant. It's a life that is vibrant, incredible. It is a full life. It's a complete life. It's a life that is whole. And it's absolutely a life that's worth living. This life, though lived on planet earth, my friend, cannot be sustained by anything on this earth. Now, the truth is you and I have to refuel our physical bodies every once in a while. How many of y'all ate something this morning? Raise your hand if you ate something this morning. Most of us do. You know why? Because otherwise we'd be all lethargic and we'd be, you'd be falling asleep. If your neighbor's falling asleep, look at them and say, you should have ate breakfast. There's times we have to refuel. That's my living, that's my life, that is my physical body. And it's the things of this earth that will fuel my physical body. But when we talk about the life that Jesus Christ offers, it's more than physical life. It is spiritual life. And that's why it doesn't wear off. That's why it doesn't go away. That's why it doesn't fade away. But listen, friend, you can't sustain that spiritual life by anything that is on planet earth. It's only fueled. It's only renewed. It's only refreshed by a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a life the world can't touch. Knowing this truth, knowing the things we've been challenged by the last few weeks as we've talked about joy, we've talked about peace, we've talked about this abundant life that is found in Jesus Christ, we're challenged by the words of Jesus in John 13 and 17 when he said this, Now that you know these things, Now that you've been equipped, now that you've gained an understanding, you will be blessed if you do them, he said. Having this knowledge of this life, having this understanding of this abundant life with Jesus, we have to ask ourselves, what do we do with these truths? What do we do with these uh, precepts that we find in the Word of God? This morning, I want to bring us back to a point of reflection. I want to bring us back to a point of remembrance of the individual role in God's purpose and plan that he has for you and for me. I think every once in a while, we have to ask ourselves some questions, and those questions would sound like this. Why am I here? Why did God create you specifically? How many of y'all know we're all different? That's the beauty. It makes us who we are. I'm glad he just didn't run a conveyor belt and run us all the same. 
we'd all like the same things and we'd never get any creativity. You know what? At our house, my wife is the creative one and I'm the steady one. I do everything the same way, the same system, the same path all the time. And I'm perfectly okay with that. But she's the one that brings flowers into our life. She's the one that brings color into our life. She's the one that brings vibrancy into our life. And the balance of that, it makes a complete picture because of the differences God made in us. So the question is asked of us, why did God create you specifically? What value is there in your creation? God didn't have to create you. He chose to create you. And having that knowledge, we have to ask the question, so what's my purpose? If God created me unique, and every one of us is unique, aren't we? If God created us unique, then what's my purpose? Why am I here? No, your purpose and my purpose is coupled with the fact that God has a purpose that goes beyond us individually, and God has a purpose for Grant County, Indiana. Our community is part of God's mission field. Can you say amen? Just like we send missionaries to Africa, we send missionaries to Asia, we send missionaries all around the world, God has sent you and I here in this community for his glory. I believe God's heart is that the power of the gospel would be revealed and realized and received in our community. There is a point on the timeline of humanity. One of the things as as I'm aging One of the things that is a specific interest in my life is history. I love history. I love love, uh, learning facts about people and seeing how they interacted with society and, and the change that they brought to their cultures and the life they lived. Right now, you and I are writing history. There are those that are going to come behind us And they're going to look at our lives because you and I are on a timeline. We're on a point of the timeline of humanity that God placed us. The truth is God did not place you and I in Africa. He didn't place us in the Caribbean, which I don't understand why. But he didn't do that. He didn't put us in Europe. He didn't put us in the Middle East. God placed us right here where we're at in Indiana. God placed us here, and since he placed us here, there's a purpose for our existence. That brings us now to our text, Acts chapter 13 and verse 36. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, He died is what they're saying. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. When David had served God's purpose, never, when you read the word of God, never glaze over the statements that are made. They are on 
purpose and they are specific. When David had served, you'll notice some different things that will stand out. We're talking about David. We're talking about God's purpose. But I want you to notice this. In his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors. And his body decayed. You'll notice two things in that text this morning that I want to take a few minutes and I want us to consider. And the first one, and you, you and I have to come to an understanding of this principle. That God is a God of purpose. Now, you and I live in a culture, we live in a day today when much of the thought of the day is that God just kind of put the ball in motion, if you will. And then God just stands back at a distance and God watches men as they live their lives and that God does nothing to change and God does nothing to interact and God does nothing to direct the outcome of it all. But that is absolutely not what we find when you read through the Bible. What we find when you read through the pages of the Word of God is that everything happens because God is at work and God is orchestrating and God is fulfilling His purpose in this world. When you understand that, it puts God back in proper and right perspective in this world. You see, He is the creator. He is the originator. He is the designer of everything around us. The planets orbit the sun because that's what he purposed them to do. Fish swim in the water. Birds fly in the air because he purposed it. You can't read the account of creation and not believe that he's a God of purpose. Throughout the first chapter of Genesis, we read words like these. And God said... We read words like God blessed, God finished. He's always been a God who's involved. We exist today because God is a God of purpose. The sky is blue, the clouds are white, the the grass is green because he's a God of purpose. Listen to the words of Isaiah 46 verses 9 through 10. Remember the things... I have done in the past. For I alone, there's a big word right there. There's not many gods. For I alone am God. And there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Psalm 135 and verse 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him. Throughout all heaven and earth and on the seas and in their depths. Proverbs 16 and 4. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes now when we we read those passages and we get revelation of the thought behind those passages then we come back to our text and we we we, excuse me my mouth and my brain aren't working well together today we weed (laughs) (laughs) don't y'all wish you could do that in front of everybody 
we come back to the passage and it says, Now when David served God's purpose in his own generation. You will notice that the words of Jeremiah 29, 11 say this, For I know the what plans that I have. Friend, he's a God at work. He's a God at work all around us in every moment and in every day. Now, the world you and I live in, we've got people all over the earth that think it's going the way they planned. The Democrats have their agenda. The Republicans have their agenda. The guys in the middle of the road have their agenda. World leaders all around the world today have their agenda. But what they don't fully understand is the decisions they make all fall under his plan, his purpose. You'll see, let me remind you of this. When we get back in the Old Testament and Pharaoh's going after the children of Israel, you know, when, when uh, you read the story of the Red Sea and the Israelites, they've left Egypt. And men, they're all excited and they're heading away. We find that Pharaoh's still back in Egypt and God is agitating him. He's sitting there and he's thinking, you know, wow, I let all those guys go. They took all of our money. They took all of our gold. They took everything. I'm kind of upset about that. And it's kind of like, I, now you have to think the way I'm thinking here for a moment. It's kind of like God saying, you, you going to let them get away with that? You're going to let them just kind of go? and do, You're going to let them take all your money and all your gold and all that? You, you just gonna, and God is agitating and stirring him up. And Pharaoh thinks he's doing it on his own, but he's working in the plan and the purpose of God. World leaders today think they're making decisions for themselves, for their nation, for the UN, for all the other groups. They think, well, we're doing the right thing when all along God in heaven is moving the pieces of the puzzle according to what he wants for his plan and his purpose. There are things that in the end times have to happen, and it's not going to be because some group of people came up with a great idea. It's because the God of heaven was working his purpose and his plan, and he's pulling all things together. He's a God of purpose. He is still God on the throne, the throne of all purpose. He's the God of all power. He's the God of the ultimate plan. Everything that God has done and continues to do is done with purpose. God is not a God that's haphazard. Nothing ever happens with God. Have you ever had something happen and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that? Nothing ever happens with God that way. God doesn't get up one morning in heaven and go, oh, man, I can't believe that happened during the night. I wasn't planning that. Everything God does happens because of purpose. He mapped it all out with the big picture in mind. So we understand that in, in the world, in the universe, in the universes, in the galaxies and beyond, that he is a God of purpose. But what does that have to do with me? Because I don't know about y'all, but I live in Upland, Indiana. It's not really the hopping metropolis in the world. (laughs) 
I don't live in this glorious, amazing city where all the great minds of the world are in hubbub. I live out on a country road. So if God has got a purpose, what does that have to do with me? One of the things I want you to see in this passage is this. God, being a God of purpose, had a specific purpose for David. You cannot, cannot overlook these words in his generation. God had a purpose for David's generation, specific to his generation. And God had a purpose specific for David in his generation. The passage says that David served God's purpose in his own generation. That's, that's really the epitaph of David's life. David's life was found in serving the purpose of God for David's generation. You'll find that earlier in Acts 13 and verse 22, just a few verses prior to our text, God said these words, I have found David, the son of Jesse. Now listen, he is specific. Because there were many other people named David. There were many other people who were born the same time frame that David was born. But God took the moment to clarify, I found David, the son of of Jesse. That is specific. You see, I've come across other people and their name is Jerry. My wife often remarks when we, we go someplace and maybe we're filling out paperwork and they're asking for history and she's writing her husband's name and she writes her father's name and we both have the same name, Jerry. My father, I'm named after my father. My real name is Gerald, the same as my father's. I met other people with those names. But you see, there's something different about me. You see, there's plenty of Jerry's, but if you want to specifically talk about me, you would say, Jerry, the son of Gerald. You see, that's different because other people that I know who are named Jerry, they had different father's names. That made them specific. So God is drawing attention to this one person, and it says there, I have found David, the son of Jesse. Notice this, a man after my own heart. Man, that's so big right there. Man, if you, if you, if you want to be anything in the world, listen, you can become somebody in the world and tomorrow it can all be gone. But thousands of years after David has lived, it is recorded of him in all eternity, a man after my own heart. Now notice these last words though. He will do everything I want him to do. It doesn't say he will live his life, he'll do whatever he wants, he'll accomplish his own dreams, he'll accomplish his own plans, he'll accomplish everything else. God said of him, he will do everything that I want him to do. There are many things that you and I might be able to say about David. 
When you read the Old Testament, you will read of David's successes. But I will tell you this. When you read the Old Testament, you'll also find David had some failures. Kind of like our lives, isn't it? But God's, you see, I'm so thankful for grace. This passage is such a testament of grace. God knows it all. We read the passage a few minutes ago that he can tell you the future before it even happens. Knowing all that, he still says, that's a man after my own heart and he'll do whatever I want him to do. God's testimony of David was that he was a man after his own heart, a man after God's purpose and plan. We know that David had failures in his life, but the scriptures testify of him. When it was all said, when it was all done. I'm glad I'm not known for my failures. Isn't that the miracle of grace? <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not known for my failures. The Bible says when uh, God looked at his life, it says that David served. It's all past tense, folks. David served God's purpose in his own generation and then he died. In every generation, God has had a plan. In every season of humanity, God has had a plan. We've had all of our seasons, and we've seen them. When you study biblical history, you will find there have been seasons. When you look at the the, the work and the move of Pentecost, you'll find there was a great season in the early 1900s. It was the Azusa Street Revival. Powerful season. But how many of you were alive in 1900? 100%. But how many of you are alive today? That was their season. This is our season. In every generation, God has had a plan. For every man and woman, God has a plan. There is no one who's just a number in the scheme of it all. Listen to the words. Psalm 139 reiterates that thought process when it says this. You know everything about me. It says these words. You see me. It says you know everything I do. You knit me together. It says, you saw me before I was born. It says these words, every, wow, you can't misunderstand that God's got a person when you read this. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. See, God made Adam for his generation, Jacob for his generation, Moses for his generation, Isaiah for his, Elisha, and then who followed him was Eli, excuse me, Elijah, and who followed him was Elisha. It was Samuel in his generation that God called out as a little boy. He would lay down at night. You can read the, the passage of Scripture that describes it. He would lay down at night to go to sleep. And God would begin to call his name out, Samuel. Samuel. He'd run back into Eli the priest and he'd say, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down and go back to sleep. He'd lay down to go back to sleep again. Samuel, he'd get back out of bed. Yes, yes, I was. 
What do you want? I didn't call you, son. Go lay down. Be quiet. I want to get some sleep. About the third time he did that, the priest said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. God is calling your name. Next time you hear him say, Samuel, say, yes, Lord, what do you, what do you have to say to me? What do you want to speak to me? Samuel was specific. God didn't put Samuel in 2018. Because then it wasn't his time. Paul. Ananias. I love the story of Ananias because you hear of Ananias one time. You don't know anything about his history. You don't know anything about his birth. You don't know about anything about him other than God created Ananias for one Boy, I tell you what, we think sometimes we, to find our success, we have to live a lifetime on this level or plane to be successful. Ananias' success was found in one moment. He fulfilled God's purpose. You and I read the books of the Bible who were uh, penned through the hand and the power of the Apostle Paul as the Holy Spirit enabled him all that came to being because one man named Ananias. John. They were all created for God's purpose. Notice this. I, I, we can't overlook. It was for their time and their generation. You might think, well, I just happen to be here. You might think, well, I... My life's here kind of by accident. But I declare today over you, and I declare, I'll be honest with you, I declare over me today, this is your time and this is my time. This is your generation and it's my generation. There are those who have gone before us. Gone before us. And they had their season. Josh, would you help me with that first picture? Now, for many of you, that picture doesn't mean a whole lot. But I would declare today to you, if it weren't for those five people standing there, you and I wouldn't be here today. Here's why. They're breaking ground for the first building on this soil. Brother and Sister Plank, there's Judy's grandmother. What a great heritage, Judy, that you have. What a great heritage. Brother and sister shivers. And they are they're breaking ground. Wow. The truth is you and I stand here today. We're in this place and we're standing on the shoulders of those people. They made sacrifices in their generation so you and I could be here in our generation. Joshua, will you give me the next building uh, picture? That's the first building here. That's the lobby. When you came in, that was the first building here, and it was the lobby when you came in this morning. None of you had church. Well, there, I don't know. There might be, a, there might be one or two of you. Yeah, there's a couple of y'all that were in that building when it was the church building. But you see, there are people who over the years have come here, have experienced the presence of God, have had a change in their life. Dear Father in heaven, 
because people believe God for their generation. Now you may say, uh, you know, I really. You may say I really can't do a lot. You you may say I I'm not some powerful orator. I'm not a great administrator. I'm not any of these things. Let let me tell you something about some people. Judy's. Uh, will you go back to the first picture? Judy's grandma standing right there in the middle of the of the picture. Sorry, I'm probably standing in front of y'all. Judy's. This is Judy's grandma right in the middle. What you don't know about her is that these people didn't have the money to make a down payment to bail buy the property. You know what Judy's grandma's role was? She put up her car as collateral so they could buy the ground. Dear Father in heaven, friends, don't ever say my life is not important. You see, Judy's grandma, I'm sure, did not see you sitting here today, but God did. Oh, Father in heaven. Father in heaven. You may say, I can't do anything great. Can you do something small? You may say, I don't see anything great coming out of what I'm doing. I don't see anything powerful coming out of what I'm doing. You know, you, you may be back. You may work from time to time with the little kids in the nursery or uh, you may work in, in, the, in the preschooler area and you say, you know what, I'm really not doing a lot. No, I'm not. Nobody in the preschool church is falling on their face and saying, oh, God, I need you to save me. When they come in, their first thing is you got a snack. But you know what? Somebody has got to be there to instill things in the future Billy Grahams. In the future Catherine Kuhlmans. Maria Woodworth Edder. Somebody has got to plant the seed in their life. That, that doesn't seem like real earth-shattering things. But it's because you and I don't understand the big picture. That's why God is a God of purpose. Because God sees the beginning from the end. These people in this picture had their season, their generation. They are gone. Their natural voices are silenced. But ours is still alive. This is absolutely the season of our generation. Now when you bring this all back around, and you bring it back to the truth we've been talking about, this incredible life that we have in Jesus Christ, this, this life that is full, this life that is vibrant, this life that is free. He's placed it within us, not only so we could enjoy it. Yes, we will enjoy it. But there's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger plan than just you and me. May we lift up our eyes off of ourselves and see that my life and your life has been purposed by God 
for this generation. My life was not created so that I could simply serve myself and my own wants and my own needs because, wow, that, that is so futile. I can serve myself and tomorrow I got to do it all over again because it wasn't enough. But my life and your life has been purposed for the plan of God for our generation. Something that will not wear off. Something that won't fade away. I stand here today. My mom and my dad invested into my life Jesus Christ. But there have been people in this life that have come along beside my mom and my dad to invest in my life. I remember uh, I had, I grew up in church and as many of you did, for years we, we had Sunday school and I remember one particular, I had several teachers that I can remember, but there's one that stood out, Mary Dravenstock. Some of y'all knew Mary. You know, Mary would come in, and, and I'll, I'm just going to be as honest with you. I'll paint as good of a picture for you as I can to tell you kind of how us boys and, and girls behave. Mary would always, she'd always bring us a snack back then. And I remember Mary, every Sunday, she was a woman in my heart because she was steady. She did the same thing all the time. Every Sunday, Mary brought us Pringles. Well, us kids would get those Pringles, and we turn them around. We'd make duck bills, and we put them in our mouth, and real spiritual stuff. Now, I remember there's times that we'd have memory verses, and Mary, Mary, Mary was not a rich lady at all. But we'd have memory verses, and Mary would, would buy little toys and, and little things, and, and when we, there's stuff, she, with a big smile on her face, she'd give it to us. Mary, many people, she was never on the front page of the newspaper. She was not on People magazine. Her name was never put out in the world. But God saw a purpose that Mary Dramas thought. Mary Dramas thought saw a kid who put Pringles in his mouth and looked like Duckbill and squirmed and fidgeted. But God, God saw a preacher. What I'm trying to say to you is that your life has purpose. Our role is not to understand all the purpose. That's where we often get tripped up. We want to see the whole purpose. If you look at Mary's life, we would want to say, well, I want to see. You know, that squirming kid that week after week after week, I say, be quiet and sit still. We would want to see something for our value. And we say, well, I would feel better if I knew he was going to be a preacher. But the way he's acting now, that is absolutely not what he's going to be. But that's not how God works. Bit by bit, piece by piece, David served God's purpose 
You know, David was a king. David was a musician. David was an incredible warrior. But that's not what he's listed for from God's perspective. You may be an incredible employee at your workplace. You may be an incredible neighbor. You may be the neighbor that everybody wants to live next to. But David served God's purpose. You see, God, help me and give me the words. We would want to be known as, I was, like when we look at David, we'd want to be known as, well, he was a great warrior. He, wow, he was important. He led people. He was a king. He was an incredible musician. The Bible tells us that he was so anointed as a musician that when King Saul, the one who preceded him, was king, when he would get stirred up, David would come in and play music, and it would calm Saul right down. He was an incredible musician. He was a smart young man. He started as a young boy. He was a young shepherd. He was overseeing a flock early on. God prepared him on the hills, shepherd hills, before he ever took him to the palace. And, you know, I don't know about you, but if I was writing my own epitaph, I'd want to say something important about myself. Now, I... I know we're in church and we're all spiritual today. Wouldn't you, though? Wouldn't you want somebody to say, man, he was amazing? Because, you know what, that, does, that makes me feel good about me. I'd want on my tombstone not just one word, I want a lot of words. He was unbelievable. He was fabulous, fantastic. There was no one else like him. Because that's kind of my purpose. But when David's entire life is lived and everything's over, the Bible says, it, it, it describes it so well. He died, he was buried, and his body decayed. He went the way of everyone else. So how does God choose to sum up his life? David served God's purpose in his own generation. Then he died. I want to ask you something today. Whose purpose? Whose purpose are you living for? Whose purpose... Listen, this is, not a, this is not a sermon about don't dream about your future. and This is not a sermon of don't work hard to achieve stuff and accomplish stuff. That's all wonderful and great. David did those things. But the main thing was David served God's purpose in his generation. And then his life ended just like it had his ancestors. You see, every year that you and I live, we're getting older. There was a time in this church when I was one of the youngest ones. Not so today. <laughs> 
there's coming a time. I showed you the picture of brother and sister playing, Judy's grandmother, the Shivers. They, they have all gone. In fact, it was the honor of my life to be a part of Brother Plank's funeral. As we laid to rest a man, a mighty man of faith. It's my honor to follow in his footsteps. You see, but he's gone now. That was his generation, this is mine. Many have gone before you. That was their generation. This is your generation. What difference will your life make in the big picture? Are you serving God's purpose in your generation? Would you bow your heads? Father God, this morning it is with humility of heart and really, um, God, just being humbled, being humbled at the fact that you created us and you made us who we are and that you destined, uh, you destined our lives and the, that destiny goes beyond just uh, a job and a house and a car and the destiny of my life really has found God in your destiny for me. So, Father, today I just, God, I just ask you that you would speak to us because you have put this pearl of great price in us. You have, you've done incredible things in us. And that's not by accident. Lord, you want to get what's in us, out of us, so it can touch somebody else's life. Help us, Father. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray. To fulfill your plan and your purpose, your destiny for us. God, we don't want to just merely be saved and miss all the things you've planned for us. We want to walk in the life that you've given to us for the glory of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Friends, would you just keep your heads bowed for a few moments? I want to ask you, you know, the, the greatest sense of purpose that can be found, the greatest, uh, the greatest thought, greatest purpose for our lives comes to us from the word of God when it says that God is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What does that mean? That means the number one purpose that God has for our lives, that we would be saved and we would know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So may I ask you today while your heads are bowed, friend, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know Jesus as your Lord? Have you yielded your heart and life to him? Have you said, Lord Jesus, I, I make you my Savior and Lord. And 
I receive your forgiveness today. Friend, if you've not done that, you can do so today. It's not a hard thing. We make it hard. He doesn't make it hard. The Bible says if we believe, if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, we can be saved. The Bible says if we confess our sin to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, friend, can I ask you today, how about your relationship with Jesus? Do you know him? Do you know him? How many this morning in this moment right now you'd say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ and I've not yet received him as my Savior. But I want to today. Maybe, friend, you're here and you're away from Jesus. You're away from that relationship. You knew him at one time and you've, you've walked away from that relationship. You say, I'd like to return to him today. Either one of those situations, would you just lift your hand and say, remember me in prayer this morning, Pastor. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my life. Friend, you may have everything else that you need in one, but you say, I need Jesus in my life. How many might raise a hand and say, that's me. Please remember me in prayer this morning. Yes. Any others? Friend, I'm not going to embarrass you this morning. Any others? Please remember me in prayer this morning. I want to ask you one more question. How many of you sitting here today, you may say, I love Jesus with all of my heart, but the prayer and the desire of your heart is this. You want to serve God's purpose for you in your generation. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? I want to serve God's purpose in my generation. Yes. Yes, all across the room. Father, I ask right now in Jesus' name, I ask you, Lord, that you would speak, continue to speak as you've already been doing to our hearts. Lord, when it's all been said and it's all been done, may it be said of us that we too serve God's purpose in our generation and then we went to be with Jesus Father I pray it to be so in Jesus name Amen would you please stand with me this morning I, I would like to ask you this morning to do something I, there's something there's something to be said for taking a step towards something. When, when in my life I desire change to come, I've got to take a step towards that change. What I'd like to ask you to do, if you lifted your hand this morning and you said, I need Jesus in my life. Also, if you lifted your hand and you said, Pastor, I want to serve God's purpose in my own generation. Any of those responses today, as a congregation, I'd like to ask you to step out from where you're at. And I'd like to ask you as a group, would you come and stand around this front? And we're going to make a prayer today of commitment and yielding to him. If you raise your hand, either one of those, would you come now? Come and join me around the front. 
all across this room. Jesus. If that's your desire, friend, just keep coming. You may say, I can't stand the whole time. That's fine. If you want to come, you can sit around the front. I just want to encourage you. If you say either one of those things, that's the desire of my heart. I encourage you just to come. Oh, Holy Father, in the name of Jesus, God is at work in this place this morning. God is at work in our hearts. God is at work in our lives. Hmm. You're going to think I'm just telling you some words to make you feel good, but I'm not. You are a people of purpose. He created you and gave you giftings that he didn't give other people. All for the glory of his name. Sheila, it's no mistake that he created you. Nobody else can be who you are. Nobody. Diane, nobody. There'll be other people that'll come along, but nobody can take Diane's place. You are specific in his purpose. Stacy, you are specific in God's purpose and plan. Each one of you, you are specific to the purpose and the plan that God has. First of all, I'd like us together. We're going to pray some prayers of commitment. And here's what I do. I want to lead you in those prayers. But I encourage you because remember the words of Psalm 139. He said, I saw you. I knew you. I heard everything. Today, we're a group. But the incredible thing about God is he will hear your voice out of everybody else's voice. Your voice will get his attention when you speak. Well, he'll go, well, I know exactly who that is. He's going to be listening, Ed, for your voice. Jeff, he'll listen for your voice. And he'll know it in a moment. Miss Elizabeth, he knows your voice perfectly. So when we pray these prayers, as you pray it from your heart, Father is listening. I'd like us to pray a prayer of salvation, first of all. And I'd like us all to pray it. And friend, if you respond, you said, I need Jesus today. This is your moment right here. This is your moment. Would you join me? Let's all pray it together. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you created my life in your divine purpose. I believe I'm not here by accident. But you created me for this day. So today, I give you my life. Today, I yield to you and ask you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse my life and make me your very own. Today, I receive. Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want us to pray another prayer together. And if you came and you said, I want my life to fulfill His purpose, His duration, 
would you just pray this simple prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, today I stand before you understanding I'm not here by accident. Understanding you created me with purpose. I ask you today to help me to serve your purpose in my generation. This is my time. These are my people. This is my place. This is my purpose. Help me to fulfill your purpose in my generation. I yield my life. I yield my dreams. I yield my heart to you, Lord Jesus, and ask you to use me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray a prayer over you now. Father, today as these men and women stand in a place of commitment before you. Father, as they've come to this place today and they stand here desiring, desiring to fulfill your purpose in their generation. God, I believe with all of my heart you have heard them individually. This corporate body has prayed. But you've not overlooked every voice in the room. Those that spoke really quiet, you heard their voice. And those who spoke with great enthusiasm, you heard their voice. There was not one person you overlooked in this place. And I believe that you're a God who answers prayer. I believe you're a God who takes seriously the words we speak. So, Father, today you've heard them speak these words before you. Oh, God, I pray today. Today is a day of change. Today is a turning point. Today is an intersection in some of your lives. Today is a day you're making some choices that are going to affect the outcome of your life and the lives of others. So, Father, knowing those principles and those truths, God, accomplish everything you've planned and purposed for every life in this place. Father, let us not give in to the temptation of comparing ourselves with somebody else's purpose. God, I can't be somebody else. I can't do what somebody else can do. I, I can only do what you've called me and purposed me for. These men and women, they can't be what somebody else is because you didn't purpose them for that. I pray in the name of Jesus that that turmoil that makes us feel like we have to compare our purpose with somebody else's, I curse that disruptive, lying, harassing spirit in Jesus' name. 
And in the name of Jesus, I declare freedom over you today. I declare freedom in your mind and I declare freedom in your heart that you can run after your purpose and you can be the purpose God created you. The purpose and Desi created you for. I pray the spirit of comparison would be silenced in their ears in the name of Jesus. And I pray we'll be set free to run the race that's marked out for each of us to run. Help us, I pray. Lord, when it's all said and done, we just want to honor you with our lives. That's, that's it, Lord. We just want to honor you with our lives and fulfill everything you're destined for us. Now, Father, I pray you'll bless these incredible people. I pray you'll bless their hearts and their lives. Bless their coming in. Bless their going out. Bless them as they rise up. May they be blessed as they sit down. May the blessing of the Lord not only follow them, may the blessing of the Lord precede them. Before you get there, the blessing of the Lord will already be on that place. Before you even speak the word, the blessing of the Lord will be on the words you're going to speak. Father, let the blessing, the blessing, the blessing of the Heavenly Father rest upon each one of them, I pray. And Father, we'll give you all thanks and all praise. And we'll ask it all in the name of Jesus. And all believers said together, amen, amen. Amen is not just a nice phrase. It means so be it. So be it. Now the Lord bless you all today. Have a great day. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you. Have a great day. May his best be yours. God bless.